When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. It's Al Cole from CBS Radio, and I want to tell you about a Renaissance woman who excels at everything she puts her innovative mind to. And you know, I'm going to start it out like this. What would you say if I told you that I was going to introduce you to a lady who is a very successful business entrepreneur and a world-class creative force as a realtor, interior designer, hosts charity golf tournaments for wildlife, and is the cutting-edge author of the stunning Magical Forces Within? Well, Al, I'd say makes the introduction, brother. <laughs> I've just been dying to learn some of all of those things from somebody who sounds like a real magnetic lady. <laughs> well... You're in luck because not only can you learn about the fabulous life accomplishments of this woman, whose name happens to be Rhonda Grant, <laughs> but week in and week out, Rhonda will introduce you to some of the most exciting guests on the planet as she hosts her own awesome podcast, The Rhonda Grant Show, on Contact Talk Radio. Week to week, Rhonda skillfully weaves the magical forces within her with the extraordinary discoveries in the sometimes ordinary lives of her guests who blossom before your very eyes through the guidance and know-how of such a skilled and sensitive host as Rhonda Grant. you got to check it out. Check out all the action at RhondaGrantAuthor.com. That's RhondaGrantAuthor.com. Dot com to witness the extraordinary discoveries in otherwise ordinary lives. And I hear some of you asking right now, well, Al, how do you know all this? <laughs> I'll tell you. It's because I weave some of the same magic on my own nationally syndicated show called People of Distinction. It's all about humanity at its best. Every guest with extraordinary things to say about the magical forces within life itself. Get it? So check them out. The Rhonda Grant Show, Extraordinary Discoveries in Ordinary Lives, and People of Distinction, created by me, Al Cole from CBS Radio, now hosted by my amazing son, Benji Cole. You can check out People of Distinction on Apple Music or email me for exciting updates on my music and my books, too, especially Romance for Women on Amazon. Email me at al at alcoholic.com. You heard me right. That's A L at A-L-C-O-L-E-H-O-L-I-C.com. And I really want to thank my CBS radio listeners for coming up with that handle, Alcoholic. <laughs> Seems like from day one, my listeners have been saying, Al, we love what you're doing there, brother. In fact, we're hooked on it. We're Alcoholics. So here we go in classic form with a swing of a golf club as she hosts another charity golf tournament for wildlife and another incomparable Rhonda Grant show. So all together, everybody, here's Rhonda. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Have they been inspired by a calling, crafted their journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversations and to use them to help you recognize if this is happening in your life. 
My guest today is Rob Kotman, who is a best-selling author and podcast host. Rob is a self-published author of Amazon's top 100 bestseller, 30 Minutes Seder, which has sold an incredible 500,000 copies worldwide, resulting in $3 million in book sales. He is proud to say he has changed the lives of thousands of people for one day every year. He is also the podcast host and producer of The Amazing Woman Podcast, which provides an uplifting space where accomplished women share their wisdom and inspire fellow women entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show, Rob. Hi, Rhonda. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. What is a 30-minute Seder and how long is it usually? Okay, well, a, a Passover Seder is really a ritual. It's a feast and it's a series of exercises or little things you do to help celebrate the holiday, which is really a celebration of freedom. Thousands of years ago, the Israelites or the Jewish people were uh, slaves in Egypt to the Pharaoh. You may have heard the let my people go and that kind of thing. And that's where the story comes from. It's basically the story of Exodus. And a Seder is, a, is what you do to celebrate the holiday. You tell about the freedom from the, the, from the Pharaoh, and then you eat dinner and you do some rituals, you say some prayers. And the most important thing, though, is telling the story of how uh, we were freed from slavery and how we should never forget that. Now, a Seder, the more religious Jewish people, they'll take six, eight hours to do a Seder. They'll, they'll go all night. And that's great. You know, they make a big deal out of it. It's a lot of fun. I've been to a couple. But most, most of us non or less religious Jews, us Reformed Jews, don't really want to spend all night on a Seder. I can't tell you how many times I've heard at my own table, I'll hurry up, skip that page. When do we eat? Or, you know, and they get impatient. It's not mm -hmm. the kids, it's the adults. <laughs> the adults, yeah. Yeah, everybody saw oh, the kids. No, it's not the kids, it's the adults who complain. Um, so I thought, well, we need a shorter Seder, something that we could celebrate the holiday, check off all the boxes that are necessary, and keep it to a shorter period of time. And the ideal time is 30 minutes, because there's 30-minute abs, there's 30-minute meals. The typical TV show used to be 30 minutes long. So I decided to call it the 30-minute Seder. Mm -hmm. so that that's how long it takes. Mm -hmm. And that inspired you to write the book. Was there anything that came to you that you should be writing a book like this? Or how did that happen? Sure, that's a really interesting question. Well, actually, the question's great. The answer is interesting. Uh, I was kind of musing one day and thinking about how to get the universe to manifest things for me. And I thought, I would really like to change the world in some small way, change my little corner of the world. I don't know how, but I'd like to see it happen. And I have a little different viewpoint on, on many things than most people. And so I thought, well, I could probably do something like that. And then also later on, I thought I'd like to do something with e-commerce to see what this internet thing is all about. Cause this was 16 years ago. And I thought I'd like to have a, a product that had a high profit margin so that I can make a little money with it. So those two things kind of came together. And a year later I realized, wow, look at this. I've changed the way thousands of American Jewish people celebrate the Jewish holiday of Passover, which by the way, is the uh, longest continually celebrated Jewish holiday or holiday, religious holiday of any kind in the world. And uh, I print my book for about 40 cents and I sell it for seven bucks. So I got my high profit margin uh, item. Now, it doesn't mean I make 
$6.60 on the book. There's lots of other business costs. Mm-hmm. But oh, the yes. actual book has a high profit margin, which is great. And the only reason it's that cheap is because I print 50000 at a time. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about manifesting your desires, um, did you just sort of put that out one day and then for, because this is a really good teaching, did you just sort of put it out to the universe that one day and then just forgot about it and then realized later that you yeah. had done that? Because a lot of people, uh, they will want something and um, and then when it doesn't happen, they start negotiating and um or they keep asking and asking and asking instead of being in that receiving where you let it go and you were just, um, you weren't interfering with it at all. And uh, so it just happened for you. So that's a really good teaching. I love that. I think so. And, and, and this is a little bit out there maybe, but uh, it happened on two, two separate days. I thought of these things separately, but within a relatively short time period, um, but I can recall one day uh, on the uh, elliptical doing some exercise at the Jewish Community Center of all places, which I haven't been to in years. Uh, but anyway, I was exercising and I kind of heard my grandfather talk to me and, get, and tell me about, you should do this, Rob, you should do this, this uh, Passover Seder project. And I can't even remember what all he said, but my grandfather had been dead for at least 10 years. Okay. So, did I really hear him? Or was it my subconscious? You know what? I really don't care. I got the message. I acted yes. on it and it worked. So take that for whatever you think it's worth. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's inspiring. It is inspiring. It inspired me. That's for sure. And so uh, many things happened. One of the things that happened was my neighbor said to me, Hey, Rob, why don't you do something on the web? Do something with e-commerce. And I just started thinking about it. And I said, you know, I was thinking about that. I guess I will do it after all. And then I said, what do I have laying around my house that I could just put online and see what happens? And I had my little Seder book, wow. which was different than the one I published, but I have my own that I wrote. People all loved it. And I put it, I hired somebody to make me a cheap website really quick. And I opened up a Google AdWords account and a PayPal account. And I put it up online. And in three hours, I had a sale. I thought, wow, people really relate to this. They want this product. They want a 30 minute Seder. And so then I rewrote it, made it really nice, mm-hmm. did a great job, had a rabbi edit it for me. So I made sure there was nothing extra in there and nothing missing. And so 30 minutes was the perfect amount of time. And then I put it out there and published it. And the first year I sold 25,000 copies, which astounded me. Oh, yes. Just amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's every author's dream. Um, but uh, what was your path like? Because people who are right now writing a book, not sure what they're going to do with that, um, not sure if they're going to self-publish or see if they can get a publisher published to publish it for them. What would you recommend? Well, I think it depends on, on you and what your goals are. I mean, I had two publishers approach me and said, we'd like to publish your book. Will you, will you let us do it? And I told them both to go take a hike because... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people oh. would not say that, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. that. Like I said, I look at the world differently. But mm-hmm. one thing you have to understand, well, there's two things. The first thing is, I'm not a, <laughs> I tell people, I'm not really a writer. I'm not an author, nor am I religious. And yet I wrote a best-selling Jewish book um, because I'm an entrepreneur. I saw a need yes. and I, I fulfilled the need. And that's why I sold so many copies. Uh, but in any case, uh, when I first did it, 
I didn't really even think about getting a publisher. I just thought, oh, I'll just do it myself. And I made a deal with a local printer and they printed up some copies and just put it up there. And, and then when I saw it was selling and I wanted to make a real order with a bunch of, like, I think I ordered 25, 27,000 copies the first year. And uh, I thought, this is easy enough to do. I found a printer and I, you know, I've, uh, I'm an engineer by nature, so I knew how to lay it all out and get, get, it, get it ready for the printer. And I put, put it up uh, for bid and I didn't even occur to me to get a publisher. And then later when the publishers approached me, I thought, well, they want to give me 8% of the cover price and they want to own the rights to the book in perpetuity, the worldwide rights. And I'm going, I'm making $6.50 and I own the rights. And what are you going to do for me that I can't do? And they couldn't do anything. I mean, all the, I did all the publicity, all the PR, all the PR stuff, all the advertising and all this stuff, all this other things. And, and um, I knew how to sell it. Now, if I was an author and I thought, you know what, I can't wait to write my second book. I want to mm -hmm. give this to somebody to sell it for me. I'd probably want to get a publisher involved, but I didn't have a second book in me. I just had this one and I knew it was great. And, and I wanted to just get it out there in a big way. And I was willing to put the work in to do it. And so I did. And I never looked back. I never even gave a thought of using a publisher. Now, if I was maybe a coach who wants to write a book on what they what they teach and how they're good at it, and they fig figure maybe they're going to sell a thousand copies at most, and they don't have the time to do a lot of the promotion, and they want a little help, and they want to get it into Barnes and Noble and other bookstores, et cetera, et cetera, then it might be a good idea to get a publisher because they know how to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I decided I'll just learn it. I just researched it and figured it all out on my own. Mm -hmm. And I was happier that way. And uh, you also, uh, when you talk about advertising and promotion and, and things like that, I mean, that can be very, very costly. Can you talk about what you did in sure. order to? Mm -hmm. Happy to. Uh, well, when I first got the book, made, printed, whatever. Uh, I had hired a, uh, somebody out of New Delhi, India off, off of some website <laughs> uh, to make me a website for $200. Yes. And, and I made the website and then I opened up a PayPal account. I opened up a Google AdWords account. I was one of the first people to advertise on Google AdWords, one of the first people to advertise on Facebook. And uh, I was, was the first person to advertise a Passover Haggadah. Haggadah is the the type of book, what it's called. And it's a Hebrew word means the telling. Okay. So I, I, there's nobody else advertising these things online. A few of these little Jewish newspapers had some ads, but few and far between. So I went and researched, I put ads in a bunch of little newspapers for about 300 bucks a piece. I wrote some press releases, got them out there. Uh, I got interviewed on some radio shows. Back then, there really weren't any podcasts. Uh, but I got the word out. And I did some conventions where I would sell the book wholesale to synagogues, gift shops. I solicited Barnes and Noble, got it in there just by pestering them. I didn't spend that much money on advertising at first. Later on, I spent a little more. My biggest uh, on the fence fear type of moment was I got wind of an of opportunity to advertise in the New York uh, Times in the Sunday Magazine. There was a one-third page full color space open as a remnant. A remnant is something that's they didn't sell, and they're either going to put their own ad in there or give it away. They just didn't have a, a buyer. 
And I found out about this through a broker. It was a $50,000 ad and I was able to get it for $7,000. And I agonized over whether or not I should really spend the money and do it. And finally, I just said, oh, let's just do it. Because I have a business partner and we discussed it. And we put the ad out and it made us a lot of money. And so that was a great decision. But that's the most I've ever spent on an ad was the $7,000. It's not really that much in the grand scheme of things. And then Google AdWords, I had a pretty big budget. We would spend, oh, probably $20,000 on Google AdWords every year. But I figure if I give them a dollar and I get back a dollar ten worth of business, I'll do that all day long, throw as much money at it as I can. And I did that for years until uh, now there's a lot of people using AdWords and there are other people advertising Agatas. And so that game is over. It doesn't pay for me. It costs me, you know, three dollars for a good keyword and the book is only 6.95 so right it just doesn't pay so i just completely eliminated my advertising budget about three four years ago now the second half of that story is amazon picked up my book i didn't put i didn't give it to them they found it somewhere and they put it i see it online in fact the first place i saw it was amazon.com india <laughs> <laughs> and then I noticed it on the American website after that and, and uh, went, wow, look at this. Amazon's selling it. I really didn't want much to do with Amazon. But then, uh, you know, you, you can't beat them. You got to join them. Over the years, Amazon has taken over the book industry. So I decided, well, if I'm going to be on Amazon, I might as well control that narrative and the inventory and get the most out of it. My biggest problem, ironically, was I wasn't able to send Amazon as many books as I wanted to because they always sold out immediately. Okay. And then they didn't have any books left at the most important time, which was the week before the holiday when people were ordering them. So I figured that out. I'm pretty good at figuring out the Amazon algorithms. And now I get them to order books and I send them through the Fulfilled by Amazon side. And um, three years ago, before the really before the pandemic hit, I think we sold about $250,000 worth of books on Amazon. Wow. So that was pretty good. And I oh, do yeah. actually advertise on the Amazon advertising platform. They have their own pay-per-click platform, which I do use. Mm -hmm. And you find that effective? I find that extremely effective and inexpensive until it no longer is. Right now, it's still good. Uh, eventually, it's going to go the way of Google AdWords, and it's not going to be worth it. But right now... Um, I think I looked recently and my total budget for the Amazon thing over the last several years, I paid $26,000 in advertising fees and I sold $269,000 worth of books. You are listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by Symatrax. And I'm speaking to Rob Cotman. How may people contact you if they wanted to take a course from you um, or buy uh, your book? How may they reach you? Okay, well, the easiest way to buy my book these days is just to go on Amazon, uh, go to amazon.com and type in 30 minute Seder. That's three zero digits, three zero minute Seder is S E D E R. Or you can go to 30 minuteseder.com. Got a pretty good website, which explains the book. You can actually see the entire book on the website. You can click through it and it shows you every single page which is pretty good. That's why I have very few returns because people tend to uh, look at it before they buy it. Uh, and you could always email me at, at sales at 30minutesater.com. And if anybody's interested in some of my courses and, and consulting that I'm doing lately, 
better to email me on uh, that email address, which is rob at copman.com. That's R-O-B at K-O-P-M-A-N.com. And I'd be glad to help you out. Yes, because uh, it is, uh, you've learned a skill in how to get into the back end of Amazon and, and do this type of advertising. Sure, I could, teach, I could teach anybody how to do that. The biggest caveat is depends on what your book is about. If your book has lots and lots and lots of competition, it's probably not going to work. But if you have a niche that is not overwhelmed with competition, uh, but yet something people are interested in, I could show you how to sell lots of copies that way. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Um, do you feel that you've been called to your journey? Well, my grandfather called me when I was on the elliptical. <laughs> Yes, he did. <laughs> I got his message. I guess you could say that. Uh, or guided. Yeah, you know, guided. Um, eh, I didn't get too much guidance from him. He just kind of get. I just got that as the the uh, inspiration. Uh, guidance was more self directed. I just decided, hey, I'm going to do this, and I just did it. I always wanted to have a short Passover seder for my own use, and I thought other people must feel the same way. And, and so I put it out there and I started getting all these wonderful emails from people, how it changed their Passover experience. It went from being a miserable experience to being something wonderful. My goal was to, to people would say things like, oh, I'm glad that's over. Now let's eat. And I wanted to change that to, oh, that was great. Now let's mm-hmm. eat. And I, I was able to do that. I get those emails from people. I got hundreds of them, how, how much they love it and how much it's really changed their holiday. Uh, not only that, quick, just a quick other thing. Uh, I'm still the only Haggadah that's available in all these different formats. You can get it in the traditional six inch by nine inch size, an eight and a half by 11 large print size. You can download it as a PDF. By the way, when I had first done it, nobody knew what a PDF was. So now it's a lot easier. And I'm still the only one who has a Haggadah, Passover Haggadah, word for word in Braille. It's the same exact book as my other one. So you could have the older person sitting at the table who forgot their reading glasses, look at the large print and be able to read it. Everybody else reading it in the standard size and having your blind cousin sitting at the table, reading it in Braille. And then you could have your son over in you know, Afghanistan or someplace, Iraq or anywhere in the military, and they can get the download and print it out and do it there. And in fact, uh, the rabbi who edited my book was a chaplain, and she used to bring copies of the book to Afghanistan whenever she went. And they did my Seder over there uh, in the army, which was a real honor for me. Oh, yes, it sure would have been. Yeah, Fantastic. and I got pictures to prove it. <laughs> yeah, great. What extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? Well, my biggest extraordinary discovery, I, even though my book was a pretty amazing thing, when I decided to do this amazing women podcast, I, I learned how to use a microphone. I learned what microphone to buy, how to do a podcast, how to edit, et cetera, et cetera. And it turns out I got a pretty good voice for podcasting. People give me compliments all the time at how, how good I sound, mm-hmm. like a, a radio guy, uh, which who knew? I had no idea, no clue whatsoever until I did it. And so that was probably my most interesting um, thing that's ever been told to me as far as what I found out that I could do that I had no idea I could do it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's wonderful. But you're very resourceful. I mean, you just had an idea about writing a book, 
and then it it came to you and you did it and you figured out everything that you need to do uh advertising and everything and um and also uh and now you're doing a wonderful podcast and you're finding out that you have other skills and talents so i think that's amazing i've done lots of things in my lifetime and i I wear a lot of different hats Uh, my my mother who's still alive she's in her 80s and she calls me and every once in a while she says well what hat do you have on today Because I do so so many different different things. By the way, you might be interested in this. I have a very strong connection with my mom. And whenever she calls me and and the phone rings, I don't have to look at the phone. I don't need caller ID. I have my own. Because when the phone rings and it's her, I always know it's her. In fact, I always know when she's about to call me and I try to beat her to it. And I get a little bit annoyed at myself when I get distracted and don't get to the phone soon enough. And then she calls me. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever been a time in the last several years that I didn't know she was calling me, which I always found pretty interesting. I don't know how I know it, but I, I know mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I mean, there is some scientific studies on that, uh, that uh, the babies, um, when a woman is pregnant with a baby, they trade cells. And um, when the baby is born, some of the baby cells are still in the mother's body. And so uh, they vibrate. And our cells are always vibrating. And uh, so that's why women and children have that type of connection. Um, And they're just starting to find out about all of this stuff. And the other thing is our energy. I mean, we don't realize how far and how vast our energy is. And even thinking, like you thought about uh, writing the 30-minute Seder, um, you thought about it and you send that out to the universe, which is energy. And that energy is like a boomerang and it comes back to you. And so whether you're sending it out or thinking about a person, it does attach an energy to it. I, I am astounded all the time when it happens. Um, and I love hearing when it happens to other people and, uh, we don't talk, seem to talk about that too much. Um, as a, a race, we don't really talk about that very much. But uh, when we pay attention to it, uh, it seems to be that's what's going on. Yeah, I could find parking spots too, like that, which is pretty interesting. I have no idea how that works, but it happens often. I know exactly so, what, where the spot's going to appear, and I go there, and the spot's there, or a car just pulls out in front of me, and there it is. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how I do that either, but. Um, I'm able to do it. I, I'm going to leave you with one last quick story about my grandfather. Wonderful. Yes. Um, uh, you'll, you'll, I think you really like this. Uh, I got lots of them, but I'll leave you with this one. Uh, I was with my cousin Stanley and we went to visit his father's grave. He said, do you mind if I, I, I went to visit him. He was working in Manhattan at the time. And he says, on the way home, do you mind if I stop and visit our grandpa's grave? I said, no, well, my father's grave. Sorry. I said, no, I've never been there anyway. So we went to the cemetery and he did his thing he talked to his father for a few minutes and then he said okay i'm done he says by the way you know our grandfather is buried here in the jewish section somewhere would you like to go see his his grave site i had never been there i don't really not much of a cemetery person but i'd never been there and i said sure why not so he says i don't know where it is but it's on the other side somewhere so we drive around and we get to the section and i'm driving down the little street there and the tombstones were all on the left and and i stopped and he goes all right he says let's go look and i closed my eyes and i i I thought i heard something and i said just a second and i went okay never mind i i know where his i know where his gravesite is it's on the second row third from the right 
And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, right. And the guy said, you go look where you want to look. I'm going where I'm going to look. Oh so my goodness. Look. I go look, guess where it was. It was in the second row, third from the right. And I'm standing there laughing. And he goes, what's so funny? I said, come over here. And he comes over and he goes, oh, gee, how did you do that? And I go, I have no idea. But I was sure that's where it was. So mm -hmm. there's a good story for you. It's remarkable. It um, is remarkable. It is remarkable. Not a lot of people have uh, special abilities like that. Uh, so that's incredible. Thank you for sharing. That made my day. Oh, great. I can't really <laughs> turn it on and off. It just kind of comes. I don't have that connection with my wife. <laughs> I've been married 30 years and I have no idea when she's calling me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny because people say, well, if you know that, well, how come can you answer this question for me? But you're not, it's not like you're a fortune teller or right. anything like that. It's you don't plan for these things to come. They just come to you and then you use them to help you like a parking spot, right? Or to find yeah, a sometimes grave. They're, sometimes they're actually uh, practical. All the times it's just fun. Mm -hmm. It's always good. Yeah, it's always right. good. Oh, it's that's great. Good. Yeah. So uh, just really quick, if you don't mind, I'll give a quick commercial because I'm working on a new project. Sure. I am going to be launching pretty soon, maybe in January, a online course on how to uh, make a podcast. There's lots of podcasts out there. Two million, I think, of them now. now. Over and two million. Several courses on how to make a podcast. And most of them are not very good. And, <laughs> and like my attitude with yeah. my 30 minutes later, I've got a better idea and a different way to explain it. Yes. And I am going to teach the world that. Uh, and part of it is how to pick a mic and acoustics. The most important thing of any podcast is your room. Uh, just like setting up a sound system, the room is the biggest component. If you don't do that right, it never sounds right. And things like that. And I could probably show people how to make a podcast in an hour for under $200 that'll sound better than 80% of the ones that are out there. So that's going to be my next project. So keep an eye out for that. Thank you. That's awesome. And they may reach you at? They may reach me. My, the easiest place to find me is either LinkedIn, just type in Rob Kopman, or send me an email to rob at kopman.com. That's K-O-P-M-A-N.com. Well, thank you very much for being my extraordinary guest today. And I, I loved it. I loved your stories and hearing about your 30 minutes later. That's awesome. So thank you very much, Rob. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant show is Sun on the Water. It's composed and performed by my friend, John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thank you so much for joining in. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rhondagrantauthor.com. That's rhondagrantauthor.com. 